I mean, at some point they're going to have to debate, right? <laughs> that'll be part. Of, that'll be part of the election process. Uh, I've agreed to seven debates. He won't debate me. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. I'm going to release the Kraken. Yeah! 8.09 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill producing the show. Eric Bilstead, Vince Petrano here with you until 9 o'clock. Do we know what time this thing is happening? The DeSantis thing? The big, right, Twitter reveal rollout. Confirm it. I think it's a prime time situation or definitely later this evening so florida governor ron DeSantis expected today to officially announce what we've known for probably the better part of a year at least right that he is in fact going to enter the gop race for the nomination for president a lot of different ways people have done the rollout historically it used to be stand at the boyhood home right (laughs) i'm here at my house where my family raised me the back of the train (laughs) right we had the train right we want to go way back right Uh, lately it's been the social media release Uh, president biden did that a neat video and he's already president so a little bit more unique in his situation but it was just a digital rollout it came out at five in the morning Top of the news cycle, so everybody across the country led with that in their newscasts, Mm -hmm. and that was another way to do it. I'm I'm curious about this on two fronts that I want to talk through with you today. First of all, the manner in which Governor DeSantis is going to roll out his official entry into the race. In an interview on Twitter with CEO Elon Musk. (laughs) Musk Right? (laughs) Who knew? So I want to talk more about that first, but uh, just to tease ahead, I also want to get into a little bit about how Governor DeSantis approaches entering this race against former President Trump. How do you handle this guy? It's super delicate. And so far, nobody's really figured it out. Uh, at least I don't think on the, the party G- even knows right, how to figure it out. They don't know what to do with him because he is a prominent force. He's right now the leader. And by the way, he will be <laughs> taking part in a trial Next year during the campaign. So all of this, but and he will do what he does. Trump will be Trump, and he's going to come at him. He's already doing it. He's going to rip him. He's going to bully him. He's going to do all of those things. So do you bully back? Do you try to ignore Trump? Do you try to dance around it? Do both? Do you try to out? Do you, do you try to be nice to him? Do you try to be respectful? I want to explore that in, in a moment. But first, a little bit more on how this rollout is going to happen. It is a must watch. Yeah, so basically, this is going to be on Twitter. There's going to be a rollout where he's actually talking to Elon Musk on Twitter about his announcement. And what's Musk going to like interview him? Yeah, I believe there's going to be. It's not scripted. Uh, it'll be the first time something like this is happening on social media and with real time questions and answers, says Musk. I will be interviewing DeSantis, and he has quite an announcement to make. It's not scripted, so it's going to be live and let her rip. <laughs> Let's see what happens. So. Letter it was Musk's. That's his comment. How Musk ended that comment is why I'm so curious about the DeSantis camp and their wisdom in rolling out in this fashion. Because not only is this, uh, I might advise against it even early in the campaign, much less for your rollout, only because you don't know what you're going to get with this guy. You think he's that much of a wild card? I'm not saying he's going to ask the tough questions that other journalists wouldn't ask. I mean, like, you don't know what you're going to get with Musk. What he he might he could go sideways in a hurry. He's accountable to no one but Elon Musk. 
So, right, he's just going to do what he's going to do. Most candidates, when they're entering that race, are trying to find that safe space, that easy, soft interview to lead things off. Somebody they know that's going to you know, ask them fed questions or even with the tough questions is going to softball their way around it. You want to put your candidate in the best light. He's going not even necessarily with a guy who would be tough on him, but just you don't know. Mm. I'll take tough and hard as a line of questioning versus I don't know what's coming. See, I'm also fascinated just in this new this new phase of Twitter now where, I mean, did we ever see this coming a few years ago that Twitter would be rivaling, rivaling like the networks or the cable news with its own news content where they're going to be presenting this interview tonight? Yeah, and if you're looking at it, what's in it for Musk, it's that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've already heard news about, obviously, Tucker Carlson is going to be doing something on Twitter at some point. So clearly there's a maneuver here and a strategy that Elon Musk wants Twitter to take about, okay, being the place where content is being created. It may not always be this big, but I guarantee you he's going to push more of this type of thing. And it becomes a platform for streaming in the more traditional sense, yes. like you would stream off of a Netflix or a Disney or any of these other apps, these streaming apps, where this becomes a place where you seek out not 240 characters, but you seek out like a show that I, I mean, watch. What, are we going to watch NFL games on Twitter someday? I mean, right. is that... That out of the realm of possibility 10 years from now? Not even 10 Isn't years? Isn't there precedent for that? Has that not happened? Didn't we try that once with a professional sport? That's, I mean, I know uh, we've had it. I'd have to look. I don't think it was Facebook, but I know one of the socials had it. I feel like, like Twitter a soccer has. Game Certainly or Amazon a- has. Apple right? TV has done some Apple stuff. Apple TV has done. They did a Brewers game not too long ago. So, yeah, is he trying to shift the platform into that type of space? I think that's interesting. I just, I'm just curious about the wisdom in the DeSantis camp to roll him out first big meet the nation. Here yeah. I am and have this wild card in there asking you questions and driving that yeah, conversation. I, I don't know. I don't I, I wouldn't expect Elon. That, if anything, he'll be boring. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I just I can't imagine that he would really throw that much of a curveball that would throw off the candidate. You know what I mean? On the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620, Randy indicating Elon was an early backer of DeSantis. Uh, I grant you that. But he claims now that he's just going to be an interviewer, that he's not. This isn't an, an endorsement. Right. I, I grant you that. My thing is, he. I, I do believe I don't I can't believe you're not more impressed by this possibility that he's a wild card and you don't know what sort of questions so are going to come in his way. the lead is in the morning that DeSantis befuddled? <laughs> well, right. He could ask him, you know, like, when's the last time you smoked weed or, you know, something crazy, you know, who knows? That'd be great. That'd be a great question. And if he's, if he's ready for it, that's fine. But, Stick it to him! <laughs> right. You know, a batter in the batter's box. Yeah, a 101 mile an hour fastball is tough to hit, but if you know it's coming, then you can Put that thing out of the park in a hurry. The worst place to be in the batter's box is to not know. This guy's got four pitches working, and I don't know what's going to come next. I, the, for me, it's we've had two now candidates just announced this week. We had Tim Scott the other day, South Carolina senator. Who else is in the race? Nikki Haley, Asa yes, Hutchinson. former U.N. ambassador, former governor. Um, Trump, obviously. Asa Hutchinson has been on CNN like once a week. Hey, by the way, the, by the way. Happy to be here. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Dennis Kucinich, I think, is running again, right? <laughs> Dennis Kucinich, what was that, 20 years ago? <laughs> he didn't he run yes, every time? multiple times, right. <laughs> anyway, but I'm, I'm more fascinated in, like, how, when you have all of these people in, how, where is the party going to go with all of this? And even if you are able to steal the nomination... From the front runner, front runner ain't going to go away. 
Right, he's just going to sit there on the sidelines then and bash him. Well, and, and have his own party. Right. So I think that's curious. That's a, a further down the road question. The question for the immediate future for Governor DeSantis is, how do you handle Trump? Because I don't think you can out-bully him. You want to be hard. You want to be independent. You want to be, I'm not worried about him. I'm not shrinking in the face of Trump. But if you try to out-bully him, he will win that every time. Because he just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. Can Trump dig his own hole, though, and just cut his own nose off? I mean, just by the things he says on a daily basis, won't he get himself into trouble where he could almost write Just beclown himself? Right. Well, there's clearly, though, a segment on the right that doesn't care. And I'm not – I make no substantive judgment on that. Just just, that's reality. There's some 20 to 30 percent in the GOP right now that is – they're – Trump loyalists, period. There's nothing he can say to dissuade them. And that's why Governor DeSantis has to be careful because they won't be won over by him trying to outbully Trump. They won't all of a sudden say like, oh, you know, actually, DeSantis was right about that. Trump, it's like with the blinders on, full devout support for Trump. So how does DeSantis manage that? I think, you know, were it me, he comes at it, he does not. You can't ignore Trump either because others have tried that and that doesn't work either. You have to address it. So you have to, if I were him, I would continue to address the former president respectfully. I would, if I were him, I would always call him Mr. President if they're in debates or whatever. Well, Mr. President, whatever. But you go hard at him on the substantive issues. But stay away from the character stuff and don't. But why stay away from the character stuff? Isn't that what drives most people crazy? No, no, I mean like. the, the character of who he is, yes, but not, you know, like get caught up in trying to out-bully him, I, you know, I, like yeah, being yeah. mean about it. You can point it out, but it has to be measured and it has to be respectful because ultimately, if he does win that nomination, then yes, he's going to have to draw on that field because if 20 to 30 percent stay home or actively work against you, creating this extra party, that that won't work for him ultimately in the long run. You know what? I uh, I heard an interesting analogy the other day that the, the closest we've seen to this type of an announcement for a run for president was Ross Perot. Because he announced on <laughs> Larry a minute. King. Now, wait a minute. Now, Eric, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? <laughs> Here we Eric, go. Can I tell you? <laughs> Actually, I was doing Dana Carvey doing Ross right, Perot. Yeah. Right. But he, that, he announced on Larry King, so which was just different. Yeah. And here we have something similar where it's an announcement on Twitter to Elon Musk. Well, it'll be interesting to see how Governor DeSantis decides to square up against President Trump and where that takes them from here. That uh, announcement, again, the Twitter live sometime this evening. You had, we had a time on that? or I'm sure we do. I don't have it in front of me. We'll go with tonight, 820 <laughs> on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight twenty three on Wisconsin's morning news on the old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. The media hates DeSantis almost as much as they hate Trump. They don't blame him for trying something different. I think that's a fair point. Again, I just we'll see how it turns out. I just think the one thing you hate if you're uh, on the other side of that interview is uncertainty, and I think you just don't know what you're going to get with Musk. It'll be interesting. I just hope that they have, like, Mickey Mouse on one of the sides of the video, too, just because everything goes back to Disney. (laughs) Well, he's in this battle with Disney, and we've talked about this before. Every time the networks show the story or are talking about the story. The the latest twist in that back and forth. They give you the split screen, and on one one side you have a still shot of Governor DeSantis, and on the other side it's Mickey Mouse (laughs) with his big smile, and he's waving. 
I mean, at some point they're going to have to debate, right? That <laughs> that'll be part. Of, that'll be part of the election process. Uh, I've agreed to seven debates. He won't debate me. Uh, step up to the mic, Governor. Get to the podium. What does Mickey think of immigration? Let's have it out. Well, I think we want to have as many people as possible to come visit our parks. What do you think of DeSantis? He doesn't want to have fun. He wants to shut us down. <laughs> nice job, Ron. <laughs> my opponent. He would is, call is him my a, opponent. Is this a, yes? Oh, my opponent wants no one to come to the parks. <laughs> Never been on a roller coaster. Huh? I wouldn't trust that guy. <laughs> is that a good Mickey or no? Uh, it needs to almost be a little bit. The higher. laugh is okay. Now you, you were. I, I, I am a little surprised. <laughs> You're usually really good at the impressions. This one, I don't know. Not so much. No you good. Gotta work on that a little bit. What other debate questions? Go ahead. Okay, keep keep, keep trying. Try me. Uh, Mickey, uh, we are curious how health care can be dramatically changed and impacted to the rest of the country once we move into the 2030s with the money being the way it is and with Social Security and Medicare. Sounds how, like a lot of math and big words. <laughs> <laughs> my opponent doesn't have a plan either. <laughs> That's no good. <laughs> my opponent. That's no good. I like that. Though. You have to call him my opponent. We're going to have to coach Mickey a little bit on this. <laughs> my opponent, Ron. <laughs> what if he just called him Ron? What, what if he's more like Trump where he comes up with nicknames and all that? <laughs> the Sanctimonious. Ron, the Sanctimonious. <laughs> I like See, Trump. Wouldn't that be some if Trump and Disney get together then? If they're like joining <laughs> forces. Well, it, you know, one one effective commercial that I hadn't seen. I don't think it's run here, but I've seen it. Maybe I just saw it on the news and they were running it over. But DeSantis running a commercial and I don't, I don't know that it was his camp. It might have been an outside pack or, or one of these others. But the commercial was, what happened to President Trump? Why is President Trump ripping on Republicans? And it showed Trump ripping on other people who heretofore have been popular within the party. Sure. And that was their play of like, hey, what, what side do you think he's on here? Because it's not on your side on all of these issues, or shouldn't we be working together on this? And they went at him that way, like, what's wrong with this guy if he's a wrecking crew that ultimately leads us to losing again? Yeah. I think that's another solid play that they could make. We'll see whether or not Elon asks him that question tonight. 827 on Wisconsin's Morning News. When you wish upon a star That's my wedding song. This exact version. I love my impression here, Eric. And by a lot, I mean several texts to the old National Bank talking really? text line. Yes. I'm a big fan of your impressions. I don't know if the Lauren New Holstein, Lori and Fond du Lac, multiple others unnamed. Great Mickey impression. That is impressive. That'll show you, Billstead. <laughs> How do I debate you? Oh, boy. Why don't you just give us the news, then? You have a future, man. <laughs> yeah, right. 8.35 on Wisconsin's morning news. You thought my story was funny about the twins? Yeah. Okay, well, well, I want you to set it up with the hero story that you had earlier. Okay, so 
we uh, like to celebrate our, our everyday heroes. The, yes. the person who just woke up that day going about their business, and then all of a sudden something miraculous happens and they save a life. Yes, right? we have Steve Scafidi's salute to service this week. That's honoring your cops, your firefighters, yeah. your first responders mm-hmm. who are heroes every day, but some have an opportunity to do something really special once in a while, and when they step up, we like to honor them. Yeah. But here we're talking about just a guy, just a person, just a girl, somebody yep. who all of a sudden finds themselves in a situation where they got to step up. So we're celebrating this 12-year-old girl whose name is Amelia Laverm. She saved her brother's life. She's got a twin brother, both 12 years old. They're from Massachusetts in middle school. He was eating cheese, some string cheese, and started choking at school. And she pulled the Heimlich, saved his life. I just knew that I needed to help him or try and help him. I didn't know how to do it either. I just did what I thought was right. That was pretty funny. She didn't even, never really done it before, never really trained for that, but went for it and, and saved the day. Popped that cheese out, and, and here we are. Well, you said also that when he had gotten up and realized like he was choking, he was kind of, and there's video of it where he's kind of like looking around, like yeah. looking for help, and no one knew how to respond. Just started to panic, stood up, like started kind of going toward his throat, kind of wandered around, like wasn't sure what to do. Some kids backed away, others just kind of looked at him, and then he or she came out of nowhere. She's like, Oh, I got this. I know what's happening. He's in danger. There's a problem, and I'm going to help you. So I saw this through the lens as a parent of twins, myself, and boy girl twins. Sure, yeah, yeah. Who are now 15, going to be 16, right? And the dynamic that they share. People always ask me, you know, do, well, do they have the the weird twin speak? Because that's, I feel like that's more identical twins. I don't know because they're a little bit more similar. So okay. fraternal twins are two eggs, yep. right? So yep. two totally separate babies just happen to be at the same time. Your your identical twins are an egg that splits. So virtually everything's the same. Mm-hmm. Splits off, right? But so they they didn't have like their own language when they were babies or anything like that. But they definitely have always felt had a had a connection. Okay, been more connected than most brothers and sisters, right? And it surprised me not at all that she was the one who either knew something was wrong or somebody went and got her and said like, "You help your brother." Yeah, because that has happened with my two, and the dynamic is the same. The boy was the one who needed help always, and the friends would go get the sister. All right, need an example. So, man, maybe, I mean, it's definitely elementary school, maybe second, third grade or thereabouts. And Max, my son, was really bent out of shape that kickball was taken off at lunch. Now, he'll play kickball, he'll do whatever. Not his favorite thing. And he liked to do his own thing at lunch sure, with okay. a couple of his buddies. Yeah. But for whatever reason, kickball was like catching, it was... They were having a game almost every day at lunch, and he was losing his buddies to whatever it was that he wanted to do, dorking around over here doing their thing or playing swords or who knows. Uh, Everyone was kickballing. Right. And now his buddies were like, I'm not with you today. I'm playing playing kickball. And it wasn't that he was not invited. You can play kickball. He didn't want to. Sure. And he got real bent out of shape over that, like it was causing him problems. And then he sat there. He literally had nothing to do at lunch recess, which is a terrible place to be in as a kid. It hurts your heart, right? Of course. He would say, I have no one to play with. Made me sad. I get it. Well, Max decided one day, I'm a little bit proud of this, but also like, oh my gosh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Takes matters into his own hands. And allegedly, and this has been verified by multiple kids, including my own, decides he goes out on the kickball court at lunch, or at the kickball diamond, grabs the ball, sits down on the pitcher's mound, and... Puts the game at a complete halt and won't give up the ball. And they're like, come on, man. Nope, won't give no, it up. Yeah. And then begins declaring, protest, 
Protest. He's, protest. He's protesting the game. He <laughs> took the ball, plopped his butt on the pitcher's oh, mouth, and starts it. screaming, protest. What kid knows that word? Right? What are you doing, man? He friggin' had it. That's it? Oh, I love <laughs> so it. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to shut this down. I'm shutting down kickball. Well, so, apparently he's, like, lost his mind. So how, did the game continue? What were they able to do? How did they, they get the ball back? They're working on him. You know, he, he had friends out there, and he... Was standing his ground. Okay. Protesting and shutting it down. So the other friends go get his sister. They go get Olivia, his twin sister. And they're like, hey, your brother's <laughs> freaking out. You need to come and fix this. And she did. She's like, on it. She's like, okay. <laughs> she described it. And again, they're little kids. So she was describing. Well, they came and told me that Max was freaking out. And so I had to come get him. <laughs> and so she was able to come over there and... Talk him off the mound, <laughs> and the game was allowed to resume. <laughs> oh, good for her to save the day. I know. Yeah, there's an everyday superhero. <laughs> yeah, goes to live. Live Vetrano saved kickball at Highland View Elementary. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> 8.40 on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Because I don't want it to get lost, before we do what I wanted to talk about here, I have to tell this quick story because you would be surprised to learn that Eric and I talk in the break. Sometimes, how often do we say, like, that was more interesting than the show we just (laughs) We never say that. Stop it. No, but I was telling this story about a guy that Eric and I both worked with. And don't text me. I'm not going to name him. So (laughs) don't worry. It's probably a name you wouldn't recognize anyway. But something we both worked with. One time... This cat had some interesting food habits for what he ate in the workplace, and we sure. all go through that at our workplaces. Yep, yep, there's always right. that, that one employee. There's that guy, that girl. She's always cooking this. He's making that. You're like, ah. Oh. This dude, the strangest thing I ever saw, <laughs> brought in a slow cooker and had it working in the newsroom at the feet like by by his cubicle. Like in his cubicle, but it was like a little baby slow cooker? Yeah, it was a smaller one. I mean, it wasn't the big Nesco. But it was, it was, like on the it was floor, an actual slow cooker. On the floor. On, the, on the floor. And we only noticed, like, it wasn't discussed. It wasn't talked about. It just, you walked in the newsroom and it smelled like the cafeteria at school. Like the just nondescript <laughs> smell of food is cooking. I don't know what's cooking. I don't know what it is, but somebody's making something. Who's doing that? Not, wake, not microwaved. Not whatever. Somebody's making something. Something is cooking in here. So slow cooking what for lunch? Like yeah, so started that up early in the morning. Lunch is a slow cooker, <laughs> and it was like stewing there. How'd you like? You manage people. How'd you like to have that conversation? Um, hey, uh, listen. Um, appreciate appreciate that you like to bring your lunch. No no problem with that. No problem. You can do that out in the kitchen area, right? Well, don't you? He could have plugged it in out back, don't you? I mean, well, we never saw the slow cooker again. You can't tend to it. What's to tend to? It's just <laughs> on. That's the nature of the slow cooker. It been great Set it and forget it. How awesome would it have been had it been like a boiler plate? A little <laughs> like hot plate? <laughs> yeah. Where is it? has got a wooden spoon stew. in there. <laughs> Mixing up his stew. Has a couple of spices sitting there on the desk. Does that a... seem like it's not possible? I guarantee you that's happened. <laughs> whether it's him or someone else. Might be happening where he works right now. Uh, one of the more extraordinary outcomes that you and I have ever seen in court played out here in Milwaukee County yesterday. And seen a lot of stuff. Seen a lot of things happen in the courtroom when I've been there in person or certainly in the coverage that we sure, provide. Of course. I'm not saying this has never happened, but I certainly hadn't seen it before. A woman is sentenced to probation and community service 
but turns it down and says, put me to jail instead. A Shorewood woman is sentenced to 60 days in jail for spitting on a protester. 67-year-old Stephanie Rapkid was charged with disorderly conduct for the incident, which happened during a Black Lives Matter protest in 2020. A judge actually offered her probation, which Rapkin declined, instead taking 60 days in jail. <laughs> put me in jail. Lock me up. I want to go. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> TMJ4 News reporting on that verdict out of Milwaukee County Court. Now, you remember the story, and it might take you a moment, because it was nearly three years ago, and we've been having this back and forth, but this was the woman, she was, what, I guess 65 at the time, 64, 65. She's on Oakland Avenue in Shorewood. She wants to go to the store, and there's this Black Lives Matter protest that has taken over Oakland Avenue. She parks her car near the protesters, and they took exception to that. And we're trying to tell her to move her car. Like, hey, you can't mm-hmm. park here. We're right. doing our protest yep. thing. And I think both sides were right in this case in some ways, and both sides were wrong. I think here's a woman who had a right to park on the street. She didn't much care for being told in her own community, I can't park on the street. I'm just trying to go to the store. I think she probably strutted on him a little bit and had an attitude with him, and that got the crowd all fired up. It's like, oh, you're coming at us? Well, we're going to come back at you. So this kind of small mob is right in front of her, including one of these teenagers who is right up in her face, Mm -hmm. screaming at her, which I think he was out of line for that. But she also then responded with an out-of-line response, and in fact, according to the jury verdict, illegal response. She spit in the kid's face, and you can't do that. You can't. She broke. She lost her cool, and that's what she did. So I don't want to go back and relitigate that whole thing. She was charged with a misdemeanor, and she was offered a plea deal. Offered a deal. Said, "Hey, listen, let's let's be done with this. You can do some community service. I don't know if probation was part of the original deal or not, the original offer, but uh, let, we don't have to take this through the court system. We don't have to go through a jury. We don't have to do a trial. Just let's do this." She says, "No, I want my day in court." So. Stephanie Rapkin got her day in court. Three days that trial took. And she lost. (laughs) She went there. Uh, The jury delivered a guilty verdict. She was convicted of disorderly conduct. So then now we have the sentencing. And she is here in court to receive her sentencing. The judge is saying, I'm going to give you 100 hours of community service. That was the sentence. You're going to get probation. 100 hours of community service, there's no jail time. Now, the prosecutor in the case, according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, did want jail time, which I think is a little bit fresh. I mean, really, we've got people running around free on all sorts of various crimes in Milwaukee that we don't want to prosecute to the fullest extent. We won't lock up car thieves and the like, but this is the lady you want to, oh, she needs to go to jail. But that's neither here nor there. Even the judge didn't agree with that and said, no, probation is what's appropriate. And I agree with that. She did something. She was convicted of something. So you got to give her something. Put her on probation and 100 hours of community service. That's not for nothing. That's that's a lot. Like two and a half full work weeks, right? Well, she's not having it. She interrupts the judge as the sentence is coming down. And as she begins to speak, her attorney reach, physically reaches out. Hey, as, hey, <laughs> hey no, no, no. She tells the judge, community service, quote, it's not viable. I'd rather go to jail right now and take care of it. And what she meant by not viable, the judge then proceeds and said, no, this is what we're doing. You're going to do 100 hours of community service. And and she interrupts the judge again, tells the judge, look, I've actually tried to do community service as a matter of supporting my own mental health. I don't know if she feels bad or doesn't. This doesn't sound like a real nice lady. She also was 
rung up on charges for knee and a cop in the groin at an unrelated but later incident as well. So I'm certainly not defending her as a person, but she seemed to indicate to the judge, I've actually tried to do some community service. She goes, no one will have me. So she's sort of become a pariah. She says she's harassed when she leaves her house, that she's gotten death threats, and she doesn't think it's viable. I'm not going to get 100 hours of community service. Nobody will take me. What am I going to do? The judge begins to insist, we can place you. We'll find a way to place you in this community service. We'll do that. You can pay your debt to the community that way, start to rebuild these relationships. She's flat not having it. So finally the judge says, okay, fine. 60 days in jail, and they slap handcuffs on her. Yeah, walked her out. Her attorney, I mentioned, Anthony Cotton, after the verdict, talking with reporters, seemed as surprised as the rest of us. Has she talked to you about if she's regretful for what she did that day? Uh, I haven't, uh, I don't have a comment on that. See you around. <laughs> Out. I'm done with this case. That's that. How happy is he be done wow. with this one? You there was several reporters were there and you heard that long pause. Cause I think they're like, there's gotta be something else we can yeah, ask this right? guy, but even they didn't know what to ask him. He had nothing to say. He had no idea really that that was gonna go down that way. So sixty days in jail for the Shorewood Spitter. <laughs> on Wisconsin's Morning News, bringing in Steve Scafidi, who will take you from 9 o'clock all the way to noon. I must have struck a chord here with my food comments. (laughs) This buddy we had who actually brought a slow cooker to work and was making food. So I got a couple here, Steve, on the old National Bank talk and text line. I won't say his name because we're going to, I might out his cousin. He said, my cousin is a retired Milwaukee police officer, used to have a slow cooker in his cruiser would make dinner for his family coming up for the next day because he works nights. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't even for him. Nice. Well, here's another one. I had an ambulance partner that had one plugged in the back of the rig and would serve corned beef and cabbage wherever we happened to be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> ambulance so call? Is that after you bring them back to life? <laughs> right. want some corned beef? That smell lingers for a while, too. <laughs> hey, listen, your mom's going to be okay. How about some corned beef and yeah. cabbage before That's we roll? That's an interesting question, too. Would you <laughs> want to smell corned beef? No, I like corned beef. I don't want to smell it when I'm in an ambulance or any setting that's not a restaurant. Someone's doing chest compressions on you, right. and you got yeah. the smell of garlicky corned beef. It mm. looks like your son's just got a broken leg here. He's going to be fine. We got him back up in the rig, but how about a little something before we leave? <laughs> you got a little mustard if you want. Right. Where do you on fall on the eat the same thing every day? <laughs> the, the, like, I have friends that eat the same damn thing every day. For lunch, every uh, same sandwich. I, I can't understand that. I have I have the same sandwich maybe three or four times a day. Yeah, or three or four times a week. Really? Well, peanut butter and jelly. It's just comfort food for me. I used to try to do something different all the time, and yeah. then I finally realized I'm you just, just like that. Going to crush my comfort food. I think it's just, bo- just for boring. Lunch. It is boring. Mine's an effort thing. I yeah. grab I mean, a yogurt and an apple, and that's though. what I have. You don't. Eat, you don't. I have no, you that. Don't, you don't eat lunch though. I really don't. Yeah. Right. Which is probably good, I guess. Fasting is the big thing now. That's not really a fast. It's just like I work out in the afternoon and like I don't want to be heavy. And like anytime I eat, like I'm either eating or I'm not. So you should see dinner. Because of your sacrifice, we get buff Vinny, which is nice. (laughs) Yeah, I look fantastic. (laughs) It is nice. (laughs) And I look even better on the radio. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ. You're welcome. Thanks. (laughs) Take care, you guys. Thanks for being here. We'll see you around.